Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Welcome back to an eventful beginning to to this Prep to Pro Pod. My name is Ben Pfeiffer, and Max, my co-host Wait, Max Carl, start recording, <laughs> is currently reacting to um, some tragic news that we've that we've right now um, received. That Devin Vassell has changed his jump shot form, and it's not pretty. Um, Max, oh, God. What, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, I was not emotionally prepared to start recording a podcast. Go, I don't know. Come back to me later. I'm just looking at the still shot of his set point. Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh man! Yeah. So the the Mikel Bridges comparisons a lot more real now. Ah, uh, so yeah. Well, um, part two of our episode with PD. PD, how's it going? The wait is finally over. A triple header of fun is upon us this week. Football's in full effect, with many teams strutting their stuff, and the MLB playoffs are in full swing. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on everything imaginable this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online. Head to Bet Online today and use promo code ARMCHAIR to take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Uh, my day has taken a drastic and horrific turn. Um, many people are saying that it's uh, one of the worst days of the draft cycle. Um, I think that the most important thing is that um, if you are a prospect out there and the guy that you or your agency is paying um, decides to tinker with your uh, jumper form, fire him. Um, the This is a obviously elongated pre-draft process where there's you know a higher chance to make to do jumper surgery. But every team that drafts you will make their own changes. Shoot the way that you've been shooting. Make minor things, like as minor as possible, you know, hand alignment, um, elbow maybe, uh, you know, if you need to rebalance your feet or uh, change your, your shoulder angle. But any surgery that is done during the pre-draft process will almost always be redone by, by a team. The yeah. only times that this has really successfully been done was when Chip England did it with Kawhi, and that's just because Kawhi is like one of the five wildest workers the NBA has really ever seen, and it's Chip England. 
and Kawhi's jumper was secretly not as bad as people think. Unfortunately, Devin Vassell has gone back to college Kawhi. That is what it looks like. It is behind his head. The rhythm is super different. Um, who's who is Devin Vassell uh, represented by? Um, is it? Uh, is it? I don't. Know. I think I'm it's a big sure. one. Um, um, why? Uh, oh man, what is he doing with his body? I don't know. <laughs> I'm. Oh my god. Devin Vassell is represented by CAA. Yeah, um, I, yeah, CAA, I knew it was CAA. Big one. Uh, it's beta. Uh, he's got three agents uh, on his real GM page. Uh, it's uh, beta Morrison and Nathan. Yeah, um, guys, you made a mistake. This is not what you wanted to do. Um, he's taken the overhead motion, which existed already, and uh, overlapped it. Yeah, um, like the release still looks like the end point is fine. Um, I think this is more likely a reversion to an old jumper from what I remember from Sawani. But uh, yeah, this is distressing news. Um, hopefully, um, when he gets drafted, they can iron this out. And then this uh, whatever, whoever is responsible is, you know, sent to The Hague and tried for their crimes against hoops because they're going to have bad. Am I gonna have to try three now? Like no, because this is like if if somebody's jumper is this fungible, it'll get redone. But hey, trainers, if you're hired for pre-draft and you're thinking about changing a jumper, you can change five percent most. Five percent. This is a seventy percent change. Five percent, guys. This is very bad. (laughs) Oh my god. Oh my god, that ruined my day. Well, oh, hopefully, um, we can cheer you back up with some 2021 talk. Which no, is what because we're, we're talking about a 2021 thing that I don't like. Well, Max, you're just gonna have to deal with it today. Um, <laughs> make the best of it, because yeah, we are chatting about 2021 draft class. As yes, the draft is in about a month. But the, the college basketball season is also in about a month. So uh, on the Prep to Pro podcast, we have to do a little bit of everything to prepare for this. So we're going to talk about one specific aspect of the 2021 draft class uh, today. Um, so Max, why don't you do your best to get us started on this? Yeah, so um, I don't know if you guys agree with this, but the way that I kind of see it in the kind of 10 to mid-teens range there's this like morass of big men in uh, 2021, um, which kind of generally speaks to like, I, I've cooled a lit uh, a little bit on 2021. I still really, really like the very, very top, like Cade, God, love BJ, really big on Zaire. Um, there are some other guys in that range. Like, but I, I think that the late lottery gets kind of rough uh, in 2021. And that kind of goes with these, bigs who are like weird combo bigs i don't feel comfortable necessarily calling any of them like nba centers um but they're like not wings either they're they're just like odd combo bigs um and so that group we tentatively have scotty barnes usman garuba greg brown and we're gonna make pd say uh the full name of the last guy because i don't want to be the one responsible for messing it up (laughs) 
Rocco Burkhaisen. Yeah, I, I don't know, man. Uh, I'm going to call him Rocco. I'm going to call him Rocco. Okay, so, so uh, I guess to give a little bit of background on all of these guys, Rocco is a weirdo combo forward big kind of guy from Croatia playing for Sabona. Um, uh, Scotty Barnes played at Montverde this past year and is headed to FSU. Usman Garuba plays for Real Madrid uh, and has for several years, I think. Um, yeah. And Greg Brown uh, played at, at a, I think, small-time high school, but played AAU with Cade on Texas Titans and is going to be a freshman at Texas. Yeah, he went um, to Vandergrift in Austin. What? He went to Vandergrift in Austin. Okay. Um, so let's start with Rocco, I guess. Uh, ben, do you want to make the case for Rocco? Because you, you have been touting Rocco as like a top five to seven guy in this class, right? Yeah. Um, I have him like seven, eight ish at the moment and I'm pretty, I feel pretty good about him as the top international, at least. Um, I mean, that's something I'm confident in, but yeah, I mean, Rocco, like you said, is like a six foot nine combo forward big, and we'll start with the fact that his jumper is 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 problematic. Um, the the numbers haven't been ever really great. Um, his form is never the same. He does weird things with his wrist and his arm at the top of his jumper. Um, but he does take shots. He takes pull up threes. He takes some difficult shots, and he doesn't he doesn't always miss them. So, combined with the fact that he is incredibly young, uh, he's really really young for his class. Um, that. Th- that's a pretty positive thing to him. And then he does just like just about everything else to me really well. I think he's a pretty special passer. Um, the, I mean, he, I, I know you pointed out, you know, like the versatility of his deliveries, which he really has like in the post um, as, as a big in the post, uh, even some stuff on a live dribble, which he, 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 I mean, in, in like the, the Croatian and Adriatic league, that's not stuff he really gets to show. But I think in, in ANGT uh, specifically uh, is where he really is where the passing was really special to me. Um, some in FIBA, though I haven't seen as much of him in FIBA. Um, yeah, a couple of ANGT games were just like the the consistency of the speed and the quality of his decisions were were just awesome. Um, I really buy that sample. Um, I, I'm really kind of baking on that sample as you know he, he's just not given the leeway to pass and make decisions like he you know in in the Croatian league. Um, and then, you know, she's just an awesome athlete as well. Crazy explosive. Um, I mean, the first play I think of is the one where he posters Garuba in the, the FIBA. I think it was the final against Spain. Yeah, just strong, bursty, explosive vertically, has strength on drives. And then, you know, the, the handle isn't, you know, obviously he, he's not a creator really, I don't think, or, any you know, a consistent creator. But I think he, you know, has enough handle at this point to kind of think that that's something he could do in the future. I mean, he, he does show the ability to get like really low and fairly tight on some quick crossovers. Um, I do think there's some pretty good slashing upside with him considering I like the finishing quite a bit. And defensively, I think he's pretty versatile. Um, I think he moves well for his size. Um, I think he's able to guard a little bit down. though. He's not a switch. He's not a switch big, I think. Um, and then the the team defense I really like as well. Um, I think the instincts are good. I think he's vertically explosive, makes rotations. Yeah, I mean, I just, like, I think that I have some concerns with with roll and obviously with the shooting. And it's why, you know, I moved down from, like, the pretty ridiculous pedestal. I, I had him on, 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 like, you know, first looking into him. But, yeah, I, I really, really like him 
overall. And that's that's kind of my case for him, uh, you know, relatively quickly. So I have Rocco outside of the lottery. I I'm not a huge fan of him, and I I think that there's a like granted he is super young. Um, and so like the the tape that I've seen of him, I so I've seen one of his games from this year, uh, and then I've seen a bunch of games from last year at age seventeen playing in the Adriatic League, and then I've seen some FIBA. I did not see ANGT, but I saw FIBA. Um, I think there's a pretty huge drop off between what he looks like in junior levels and playing the Adriatic League, um, in some concerning respects. Uh, so like, first of all, we, we agree on the shot. It's a total mess. I think that he's like kind of in many ways, like a more concerning version of Bulmaro. Like he has, he has similar, um, a rhythm and I think needs uh, self-organizational principles to develop that. Like I, th- he, he, I think he won twos into like almost every shot. I, yeah. I he should probably be hopping into those. Um, and then, yeah, his, his wrist and hand are just different on every single shot. Like I think, and I honestly think that it may have gotten worse between like between what I saw from junior levels, like a year or two ago, I think two years ago. Um, and uh, the Sabona stuff, like it, it seems more inconsistent. Uh, which is pretty concerning because you at least like if his shot is bad, you at least want him on a positive developmental trajectory. Um, the areas where I disagree, or I guess I'll start with the athleticism um, in playing for Savona. I don't think it's that impressive. Like I think it's definitely there in FIBA. Um, like he has huge strides and can just blow by guys. Um, I think guys can get into him in in uh, the Adriatic League and like kind of just wall him off and they don't have to respect his shot at all. Um, so I, I think he's like a good athlete, but certainly not an overwhelming one to the point where he's just blowing by guys. Uh, and then like on top of that, kind of having a loose handle, like he's not really breaking guys down off the dribble. Um, I think his feel is, is pretty, pretty damn impressive. Uh, like he's, he brings a lot as a cutter. Yeah. Um, he, he, yeah, he can use that to set up his passes. Like you said, the diversity of his delivery on his passes is really impressive. And I think open, open some angles for him that aren't there for people who are less diverse in that respect. But the thing that was, that was really disappointing with the drop-off uh, to Sabona was that I thought that like FIBA, he looks so impressive from a recognition standpoint off the ball as a team defender. Uh, and I think part of that was that it, he was able to just totally ignore guy like non-shooters and, like that was his primary assignment. He could just sag off and really disrupt a lot of stuff. Uh, and that kind of really fell off hard with Sabona. Like I, I thought that he was pretty, pretty frequently late on stuff and like still good, especially for a 17 year old, but um, not like the preternatural stuff that I thought I saw in FIBA. Um, and so, yeah, all of those like, uh, like more nuanced criticisms then come together with the like, what is he um what what is he doing on an nba team that's generating that much value what like what is his role um i i'm i think i know your answer to this but like i would assume or you you definitely prefer him to denny um i think i like ever so slightly prefer denny and i'm not a huge denny guy just because like i i have less concerns about Denny sliding into a role and adding value. And like, and meanwhile, he's kind of, kind of a similar guy who 
he looked ridiculous as a creator at lower levels. Um, but then the drop off to playing Euroleague was was extreme. Uh, even between like you know Denny and the BSL and in Euroleague. Um, and actually, I didn't find any any Croatian league tape of of Rocco. Yeah, nor uh, I. Yeah, all I saw was was ABA. But like even his his stats between the Croatian league and ABA fall off pretty dramatically. Um, so yeah, I just I think that that um, I'm a lot lower on what he has to offer physically, uh, and I think that just like yeah, his physical dominance and even you know his like intellectual dominance seems to really fall off pretty hard as the competition scales up. Yeah, I just like I mean I, I think that's all fair. I, I I mean I just really do take in the fact that I mean he's younger than Jaden Springer. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, like he's super months. young. He's, he's super young. He doesn't turn 18 until November 26th. Um, and I I think a little bit higher of the physical and the intellectual stuff, I think, relative to competition than you do, um, which is fair. I mean, we'll see how he continues to play this year. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think that's the, the role concern is totally legitimate. And, like, that's a thing that I absolutely factor. And I see – I think it's reasonable to be low on it because of it. But I just – like, I'm going to bet on someone this young – you know, with this level uh, of, I believe, intelligence and, and tools, you know, I, which I seem to believe in more than you do. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's, I think I'm kind of waiting to see on the role, um, see, see more of what he does this year. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm, again, I, I'm interested to what PD you, you think about the, where you fall on, on the Roko spectrum uh, between Max and I. So I'm probably in the middle. Um, I think the thing that I struggle with most is archetype because like, I think I want him to be, I think at first I wanted him to be a straight wing and now I've kind of leaned into like him being a big four or a, uh, like a wing four. Um, the, the thing that I come back to over and over again with him is just how aggressive he is and how often he chooses his violence. Um, and it is, it's pretty inspiring to see a kid who's like 16, 17, you know, when, when I first really saw him, just like charging at a grown man, being like, I'm going to dunk this. Like, I, I don't care who you are. I'm going to throw this down. Um, and I think coming off some of the guys in this class, it's been really nice to, as a change of pace, just to have a guy who's like, I know exactly what I'm going to do. Um, I think that decisiveness leads well to being uh, uh, a wing four initially. And if he gets the shooting, which like the top of that jumper is certainly something. Um, there's some coordination interaction where like sometimes it's left hand, sometimes it's out, sometimes it's up, the legs are forward. Um, it's going to require a lot of fine tuning over a period of years. Um, I don't see anything about it, like just judging by his general coordination level, um, that truly distresses me, but it's going to be more of a project, uh, that isn't, um, like some guys have easy cleanups. Like I think Denny's cleanup is, is pretty easy. Um, uh, Rock is farther away. Um, in terms, uh, on defense, who does he guard? Yeah, I think that's a really good question, especially because another thing that was a little concerning to me, maybe more, uh, short term was that it, it seemed like his mobility fell off a little bit as he bulked up. Cause I think that he added a solid amount of mass between, yeah, I noticed that as well. Between yeah. those, it, he kind of reminded me in that sense of Patrick Williams. It was like between these junior level competitions and Sabona, like he added a lot of mass, uh, and and he just got stiffer uh, and less mobile. Um, so I very much have that concern about him, um, who he defends. 
and and then just like as a, as a big man i don't think he knows what he's doing yet at least like the the sabonis stuff from last year was pretty bad in that regard like not knowing coverages having weird footwork and like some not good communication the one game i saw from this year i think was better in that regard um but then i think he just got hurt so we're going to be waiting for a little while and some more tape from him but um yeah, yeah i i think that he like that's that's a major concern just like role in general who does he who does he guard what does he do uh even with like these these good athletic tools a really great body like legitimate feel and passing skill like what exactly does he do yeah i mean i think it's definitely like a legitimate concern i mean i think there's there's some utility as like a more complimentary big man that hasn't been explored like i think he could kind of kill on the short roll um but that's not a role he's ever Mm -hmm. had to play I think that's something he could do really well. I, I I think there's a lot like that could be unlocked with him, and I, I I don't view him as like any sort of short-term thing. I mean, like PD said, like I I am just as concerned as as you all are about the jumper. Like it's not good. It's gonna take time to improve. And, I mean, as are you know is the consistency of some of the other skills. But just what he has at this young of an age to me is pretty rare. Um, you know, and something I'm willing to willing to bet highly on, and you know. I'll be burned and adjust if, if it happens, but we're, we're so early in the process at this point that, again, yeah, I mean, is the injury serious? I don't know much about it. I, it? I'm it? not sure. I, 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 it seemed like it wasn't that serious, uh, that he, he, I think he had said that he would be back relatively soon, but he okay. had some, he had some sort of injury. Yeah. It seems like a week's not months thing, um, where he's moving around fine, but he probably couldn't like seriously hoop. Um, yeah. did you guys read off the numbers from his early season returns? Uh, I I know that they were terrible in in uh, Adriatic League and very good in Croatian League. So for the blended numbers, he's taken about twenty three and twenty free throws, and he's at twenty five percent from three and fifty percent from the free throw line. <laughs> Not great. Yeah, I think he I think Not he played great. one Adriatic League game and shot like one for eight and had six turnovers. Sub ideal. Yeah. Below the level of ideal. Yeah. Um. He's he's interesting. Um, ben, among this group of bigs that we named, so that's Rocco, Scotty, Garuba, and Greg Brown. Do you have Rocco as the top ranked of yes. those guys? I do. Okay. Yeah. So I have him. Uh, I before reviewing Greg Brown, I have him only ahead of Brown. Um, I, I pretty firmly prefer Scotty and Garuba. Um, but yeah, TBD with Brown. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think he's interesting, but, uh, and, and it seems like you, you've kind of come down a little bit with the role concerns, but yeah, we, I, I think we just for now disagree on, on the level of athleticism, the level of, of team D impact. Um, yeah, I mean, we'll see, we'll see once he gets healthy, what he's doing, but, uh, look, at, look at Max and I finally disagree. Yeah. We have a lot of disagreements on 2021. I know honestly. it's like, it, it's refreshing and like pretty strong disagreements. It, it is quite refreshing. Uh, I will say, even though we both have plenty of things we do agree on. I mean, but yeah, listen up fellows, because today we have a new manscape product alert manscape just released the weed whacker nose and ear hair trimmer take a look in the mirror and i guarantee you'll see hair sticking out of those holes it's time to keep your ear and nose hair looking as nice as your clean shaven pubes 
Manscaped is forever changing the grooming game with their Weed Whacker. This nose and ear hair trimmer provides proprietary skin-safe technology, which helps prevent nicks, snags, and tugs in those delicate holes. The premium Manscaped Weed Whacker uses a 9,000 RPM motor-powered 360-degree rotary dual-blade system. Its intelligently contoured design enhances the trimming experience, and it's waterproof, which makes for easy operation and cleaning. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code armchair at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. And use the code armchair. What are you waiting for? Go whack your weeds. I think we're pretty firm in our agreement on the other guys, though, or at least the ones that we talked about. You know, aside from the ranking relative to Rocco, um, I think we're going to feel similarly about Scotty and Garuba. Uh, Maybe, yeah. yeah. I, I might be like a little Scotty curious. Um, <laughs> I, yeah, he's like, he, he's so odd. Um, Should we talk about him now? Yeah, so so we're talking about Scotty Barnes. Scotty Barnes is a six nine forward who played uh, at Montverde. No, Scotty is a six nine point guard at Florida State University. <laughs> okay, six, six nine either forward or point guard, depending on which team he's playing for at a given time. At Montverde, he was a six nine forward. With Riders. with Night Riders, he was a six nine point guard. And what's um what's the school that he was at with Vernon Carey? Cool. University school. Uh, yeah, and there he was also like kind of a point guard, right? Um, more than more Montverde, mix. less than yeah. less than AU. Okay. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So, so yeah, Scotty is is six nine, incredibly built, uh, like really really strong, but doesn't really have any vertical or horizontal explosion. Can't shoot. Um. Like I think that he's a better handler than Rocco, but like definitely not an incredible handler. Um, and and certainly I, think I like handles better. You like you like Rocco's better. Yeah, yeah. I I I think uh, Scotty's is at least like a little more controlled. Uh, but Scotty is way worse as a finisher. Um, yeah, he just doesn't really have any way to score. Um, however, he like is he the like he and LeBron and Jokic are like the best six nine plus passers in the world. He's certainly up there. I mean, and it's just like, and it's his the the way he manipulates the defense with his eyes, it like might be the best single skill in the twenty twenty one class. It's that good. Like the guy is a, is a total passing savant uh, at six nine with a crazy frame. Um, well, and I think that's actually his second best skill. What's his best skill? His defensive communication is something that is that yeah that's so yeah absolutely ludicrous. If you can ever like sit near the floor of a Scotty Barnes game, like he will announce the entire game for you. He will tell you what is happening. He will tell you what play they're running. He will tell you what the defense is going to do. He will tell every he will critique every one of his teammates' position. Um, He'll do everything but get you popcorn basically. And it (laughs) is like it is everything you could ever want out of a big like. When scouting in person, that's the thing that like you try to pick on most is communication skills. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, like Scotty's communication skills are so wild. Yeah, so I I said this to our friend Ross the other day that I think Scotty might look too good at FSU. That like it, it's a spot where yeah his defensive communication is really gonna shine, where his defensive versatility is really gonna shine. Like this is this is a guy who's a brilliant mind, but also like has pretty crazy movement skills and strength for a guy his size. Like 
he like he in, in City of Palms went from guarding what Sharif Cooper to he had I think moments on Jaden Springer. Did he did he guard um uh one didn't he guard one of the big wings as well? One of the or, or no no he was guarding bigs. He went he went from like Sharif to Springer to guarding bigs. Yeah, he guarded um, Dickinson. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he um has crazy defensive versatility. Like I think legit two to four stopper equity while also being like a pretty brilliant team defender. Um so he's like a, a really like incredible defensive prospect while being this crazy, crazy passer at six nine. Um so he's a total weirdo. Uh and I think that at FSU, like he might actually get the opportunity to play with the ball in his hands some and I mean, we saw how college defenses just treated Halliburton as a scorer. And, like, of course, Scotty doesn't have, like, the theoretical shooting threat even that, that Halliburton does. He's also huge. Yeah, exactly. He's also huge. Like, he, he can operate out of the post some, and he's going to look incredible on defense at FSU because he is incredible, and it's a spot where he's going to be enabled to get the most out of his defense. So I think he might honestly look too good at FSU and that he looks just like this – two-way creation defensive anchor like force uh and people are really really high on him okay yeah. so i would like to pump the brakes on the idea that he's gonna look too good at fsu <laughs> um the starting like the two probably best players that they're gonna have on the perimeter are him and raycon gray yeah um, they're not gonna get up and down which is like where scotty is best as a as a passer in my opinion um, there's not going to be a ton of shooting. FSU is going to play bigs. Like they're going to grind people to death and, um, there's not necessarily going to be a, like a, a great amount of horizontal spacing, um, as an offense. That's not really, uh, Leonard Hamilton's get down. Um, and Scotty at his heart is extremely similar to Denny of where like you want to put them in situations where there's a whole bunch of horizontal reads where you can just churn their basketball feel and, um, allow them to make as many advantage decisions as possible. I don't think there's going to be a ton of advantage and the ACC is also like weirdly built to handle Scotty in terms of like the amount of physical defenders there are. Mm-hmm. So there are a lot of teams that just have like these big strong dudes for whatever reason this one year. Like if he had gone to, you know, FSU last year and just faced that ACC, I don't think there's as many guys who could match his frame, but you know, like Louisville's going to throw David Johnson at him. Uh, Duke has Coleman and Jalen. Like there is a number of, uh, Miami has um, has Timbo. Like, there's going to be some interesting matchups for him um, in a way that there probably wasn't the year before. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it all comes down to, like, will he shoot and how willing is he to shoot? I think that we may be in a Ben Simmons situation where it's a, like, shoot a three, you coward. Because it, uh, it, it got really bad. It got worse at Montverde than it did at Utah. Yeah. And it got worse at Montverde than it did in EYBL. And like it in Montverde, like it legitimately didn't matter if he shot threes, but they would be up fifty and he still wasn't shooting. Yeah, it's hard to overcome the mental um, issues that can happen when you know that you're not a good shooter who needs to shoot, but can also like, I mean, if you're a guy whose processes get a good shot and you know you're not a good shooter, you have to face the idea that you shooting a three is not a good shot, but that's okay. And not every uh, like. Not everybody's basketball intellect can square that circle. Yeah, and I think it's important to like bring that uh, realism. And this is why I mean I have Scotty as a even I think as the Scotty optimist here. I have him barely in the lottery. Um, oh, I have yeah. 
Yeah, like I and and he 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 might move up for me, but he's he's definitely a late lotto guy to me because yeah, I just don't know how you get anything out of his offensive skills. Like I I'm huge on him as a defensive prospect. I think he's a great defensive prospect. Um, I think it's I think it's hard to extract value from him offensively. So PD, like, what do you think is the offensive role for Scotty that allows you to access his special skills? Um. Like most of the Isaac Okoro situations, yeah, um, I would love to put him in like a Utah type deal where he gets to make a whole bunch of uh, really fun reads as things are moving horizontally and vertically. Um, if you play fast enough, you can shake everything out. Um, a fit that I've had kind of in my pocket for a while is uh, Scotty Barnes in Phoenix. Ooh. Yes, oh, that would be yes. fun. Scotty and Kyra in Phoenix. I, again, you're just like it. It would be um, an AAU team in like the way that we mean it, not the way that other people mean it. We're incredibly <laughs> fun guys, like allowed to make decisions and playing hard as hell. Actually, you know what I think is a good fit for Scotty playing alongside uh, Cade Cunningham, Moses Moody, Caleb Houston, and Daron Sharp. I think that one's Mac. Fun. That's ridiculous. Uh, yeah, that's oh. this Derek Whitehead erasure, and I won't <laughs> it. Um, another fun fit is Memphis. If, yes, uh, if oh, yeah. they can get up enough shots, like. If you put him and Brandon Clark on the same team, like uh, you might overload from weirdness, but like, dude, it would be so much fun. Oh man, I really like that. that I like that fun. a lot. Uh, Portland could also be interesting um, if you're if you stick with the the Damon CJ for a while. Yeah, I think because he can really like, connect pieces. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think I think he, I think he has tons of synergy with like the lethal pull up shooters of the world. I mean, so I mean, th- there's not too many of those, but like. The Dames, I mean, I, I think he works really well with those. Yeah, I feel like with Scotty, he's kind of like the three of us have spent a lot of time talking about the value of these connecting guys. But when the connecting guy is six nine and like an all world defensive Defender, prospect yeah. and and like this level of passer, it becomes a much more interesting proposition to the point where, yeah, if you're the right team, like you could justify taking that guy very highly because I think he like I think in in the perfect setting Scotty could have a ton of value. Yeah. Um which is why I I I like him. I think he's he is obviously a total weirdo and kind of fits with this like group of weirdo bigs, but I mean I I definitely prefer him to to Rocco. Um yeah. I, I think I'm yeah. I, I don't want to right, go ahead. Don't. I was going to really say, I mean, for, for the concerns of him, you know, the, the self creation mm-hmm. I, I do think it's just like, like, like it's worth considering and like, you know, prioritizing the fact that he, like while being a point guard at, you know, with Knight Riders, he was like pretty effective as a scorer. I mean, he wasn't like incredible or anything, but he was like fairly efficient against some pretty good competition relative to, you know, his age and his peers I mean, playing with a team that, you know, had Isaiah Todd as its second best player. Um, yeah, but I mean, he was he was six nine and could dribble in in sure. AU. Like 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 I think that the not I'm not talking about Todd. Now, I'm talking about Scotty. That like Scotty was six nine and could dribble playing yeah, AU. Think, like it's 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 a it's a different level of yeah. But I mean, he really had success against like some of the better teams. Like yeah, no, he did. Yeah, I mean, again, like I also am like probably more of a Scotty skeptic than you are. But, like I still, guess PD on a on a. Like self creation skepticism spectrum, where does Scotty fall for you relative to like Denny and Halliburton? Uh, so like 
10 being as alarmed as humanly possible and zero being like Kate Cunningham. Yes. Uh, like Halliburton's a 10, Denny's an eight and a half. Um, I would say Scotty's like a seven and a half. Like, I think there's certainly situations where he can self create, mm-hmm. um, especially if you run a horizontal scheme where like people switch and for some reason, like either one or two or a three tries to guard him and he's just going to like run them over. Um, I think that he can self create. And I think that I like, I really enjoy Scotty, the basketball player, like watching him is one of my favorite experiences. Um, yeah, I really have, but I'm also like Scotty, the uh, archetype is extremely challenging. And I, I am hesitant to rank pieces highly or like consider pieces as like uh, essential if I don't trust uh, bad front offices to do it well. Mm-hmm. So like, I'm never going, the idea of like putting Scotty super high and then like it, you say, uh, insert front office that you personally have a vendetta against picks him. Um, like, it, I don't think it would go well. Uh, so to, I the would other, have- to, to the other extreme though, if, if say, say Phoenix next year has Cairo Lewis and a late lottery pick, um, or not even a late lottery pick, like, like if they had Cairo Lewis, like hypothetically, would you, would you take Scotty as like a top five guy for them? Uh, yeah, I mean, it would depend on who else is there, but like, yeah, that, yeah, that's, I mean, it's Scotty Barnes at max value is going to be a dude who just like straight up wins the playoff games, yeah, exactly. Of the weirdest stat lines imaginable, it'll be like a full score agami for his stat lines. But, um, <laughs> like, if you can get if you can produce the, the best version of Scotty Barnes, like, yes, absolutely, yeah, I mean, like, I, look, we're, we're not gonna say Draymond, but like, <laughs> I, there, I think there's some real like similarity. No, yeah. It, it, a, I think there's some proto Draymond in yeah, terms it's of a Draymond-like substance. Yeah, yeah. In terms of usage, I mean, I think you know he could kill on short rolls next to a guy with pull-up shooting gravity like Draymond did. Um, you know, not gonna probably not 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 that level of defender. I mean, but pretty. Yeah, no, not good. not not the greatest defender of all time. No, level, but, but like, but like, really, really maybe good. an all-defense guy. Um, in in a like way that I think sustains into the playoffs just like the point is i think scotty while there are creation major creation concerns it's like unlike these linking players this year who who i think like their their potential impact even in a perfect situation is not that high like you you fully optimize scotty you extract everything you can out of him that is a massively valuable player yeah i assume you take scotty number one this year for the timberwolves um oh that's a fun fit though I think he, I I think, think I, I would. would I, I think would. I would I would I mean I mean I think that's kind of per, I think that's kind of awesome with Cat like it's really good how much you believe in Malik shooting I guess but like yeah it, it fits the plus 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 circumstance we established earlier of like does it help D'Lo yes does it help Cat uh, yes and does it produce enough value for the the pick uh, the player the pick is yes yeah I I think I would um. Should we move on to Garuba? Yeah, let's talk about Garuba. So Usman Garuba is much more of just like a standard combo big, like a sli- I guess like slightly undersized five. Um, playing for Real Madrid, he last year broke Luca's record as I think the youngest Real starter ever. Um, he is a pretty fantastic defensive prospect. His mobility and length and uh, recognition are really, really top notch. For I mean, and this is a you know a seventeen year old starting on a on a Euro League team and a really good one. 
Um, yeah. Well, I guess not starting now, but he, he, he did start last year at points. Um, so yeah, like really accomplished player player on the defensive end offensively has always been questionable and has stagnated hard with his skill development. Like he has some handling ability. He has some solid passing ability, but he has not made strides with his shot. Um, he's, I mean, he's not really a creation prospect. Like there, there are some, there are some like, you know, there's some DHO operator equity there, but like he's an undersized center who I think is going to struggle with finishing against size who can't shoot. Um, and it's just, I think his development arc on the offensive end is really concerning. Can I jump in quick and read the, uh, usage number that he has yeah. through? Oh Yeah. Nine it, games, like nine, uh, right? Yeah, nine games. He has nine. a usage percentage of nine and a turnover percent of like fifteen. His true shooting is thirty-nine percent. His yeah, yeah. I mean, because percent about fifteen, assisted about four percent. Like, I don't, I don't know if you guys have watched any of the games from this year. I watched one of the, I think, Euroleague games. I've seen clips, but I haven't seen a full game. Yeah, they just like they're just really parking him in the corner now and like playing him alongside another big too. It's it's not the best optimization of who he is, but also gets at the fact that like, he's just a bad offensive player. And like, he needs to be like that kind of focal point to add value. Cause like he, he does like add a lot of, you know, like, he's a good short roll passer for, you know, for his position. He's a good DHO operator. He's a pretty good finisher, but like, he's probably not good enough to do that. Like at high usage in the NBA. And like, if you park him in the, like he said, park him in the corner, or, like park him on the, in the dunker spot. Like he, like he loses like all of his offensive value. Um, he's just not very complimentary. Um, like he is complimentary, but if he's used in like the main big man role, I don't think he's like good enough to be used in that role or where he should be. And that's where I think the offense is really problematic. And I just don't like he's, he's yet to like, like you said, like the, the improvement, like he's just about as good at all these things as he was as like a 15 year old playing, you know, playing FIBA. Like it's a, um, it's an interesting data point in, um, in the argument for playing for too good of a team um, yeah. who doesn't prioritize like your personal development. Uh, I think that a thing that we uh, have seen in the one and done era is finding a, t- finding a program that's as invested in you doing well as you are. Um, and it is not necessarily essential for Real Madrid to utilize uh, Garuba as well as they can, because they don't really need to, and they don't gain that much from it. Um so like when he was 16, like they kind of had to like use him in the best possible way to develop him. And now he's just an effort to thought on offense who doesn't necessarily need that development because it's not their problem. And it's just keeping him on the floor so that he can do his like generational defensive uh, awareness um, in the multitude of ways. And that brings enough value for them. Um, whereas if he were on like a much worse team where he had to do uh, like any kind of creation, like that would probably be a better one-year development circumstance. Obviously, Real Madrid's uh, development chops on a longitudinal scale is important, but development context is a year-by-year evaluation. And what's good for age 16 might not be good for age 17, just depending on where they are and how they've been used previously. Yeah, it's like he's kind of hit a plateau, I think, it's like at, with Real Madrid, how much more he can kind of expand himself at this point, you know, relative to what he's done. Yeah, I mean, like, Real is, a, is like, the best possible developmental context if you're Luka Doncic and, right. like, good enough to get creation reps. But, yeah, I think this very much goes back to something that uh, TJ Farrick said 
way back when when we had him on like John Morant chose in high school to play for the JV team so that he could get on ball reps like he went to a smaller school so that he could get on ball reps like these things matter and and I'm not saying that Usman Garuba needs to be running pick and roll but like I do think he needs to be in a situation where he's not just standing in the corner um and, and may, maybe Rayal has been good for him in other you know ways that it helped him develop physically or or that like you know his his defensive awareness has been cultivated by playing at such a high level but like clearly it it's not beneficial to him offensively um and yeah it's just uh, the the stagnation that he's shown on that end is really disappointing for a guy who i mean has always been a pretty special defensive prospect uh so i mean well go um, there is an argument of development, though. Like the games are uh, the fruits of development, not necessarily like the tree. Um, that like what happens in practice is actually more important. Mm-hmm. But like for people who can't necessarily go to practice, people who have to depend on at best the word of sources who have their own agendas, um, all we have are games. And so if we see somebody who's um, for a prospect, stagnation is regression it's very difficult to stay at the same level, especially um, when part of your whole thing is meteoric rise of skills. Um, So I think that understanding context pathways is going to be essential for Garuba. And uh, yeah, it doesn't look great right now that he's getting treated like Andre Roberson. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So I I assume both of you guys prefer Onyeka Kongwu as a prospect. I don't know. Yes. Uh, yeah. I hate it, but yes. There was a time where I thought like Garuba could be a wing, like when he was 15 yeah. and he was playing this. I was like, okay, hear me out. And like, I do understand that I was pitching like a pretty long shot uh, idea, but the I, the thought that you could get him to defend fours and still leverage his off-ball uh, defensive communication and rotation skills. But um, it seems like that development has sold out a little bit. And um, while eventually he may be able to add ball skills, for right now he's a straight five. And Anyeka offers more actual ball skills right now than the kid who is supposed to be the, you know, the developing in that pathway. Yeah. I think back in March, probably, when we talked about 2020 for the first time with Ross, I said I was pretty firmly Garuba over Onyeka. And at this point, I'd probably, I don't know. Like, they're really, really close to me. I mean, I think Garuba is, like, a different level defensively. I mean, he's so, so special on that end. Like, some of the like some of his ability to, you know, cover, like, three actions at once with the second jump and, the you know, the timing, all of his awareness is ungodly. But, yeah, I mean, the, the, offensive, the offensive stuff is, is, is really a problem and, like, a lot worse than – quite a bit worse than Onyeka's. I mean, I think if you get Garuba – in like a situation where like he's allowed to you know short roll and and do those things like he could be more valuable but i don't even know if he should be doing that at this point so yeah i mean i it's kind of a wash for me um i could see a case for either yeah yeah i i asked this i think for that very reason that yeah when we talked about 2021 for the first time early in the in the early days of this podcast with ross i think i think that i asked the same question yeah we all we all resoundingly said Garuba, but yeah. I, I think it's kind of firmly on Yucca at this point. I, yeah. I, 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 yeah, like, I, mean, I get that. Like, yeah. And PD said that for a prospect stagnation is regression. 
And that's definitely the case. But I think with Garuba, you could honestly make the argument that his offense has just straight up regressed. Like, it's not just stagnated. It, it's, like, actively gotten worse. Well, I, um, and, I think a lot was more playing at, like, lower levels of competition earlier in his career. No, I yeah. And I more mean relative to, to Real last year. And, the, yeah, it's a role thing. But, like, they no longer see fit to put him in the role sure. that, he, yeah. that he used to be in. Yeah, so his offense is really disappointing. Um, yeah, I it's mean, not good. Yeah, that's gonna do it for part one of this discussion on 2021 combo bigs. We're gonna have part two of this one on Friday, so three episodes this week. Um, let us know if you enjoy the the many more, the just the more episodes as opposed to just two um, a week. So we're, we're trying trying this out. Um, so let us know if this is something you like. Uh, make sure to follow PD at Above the Break Three. He does awesome work as always. Y'all should know by now. You can follow the podcast at Prep Number Two Pro Pod on Twitter. Follow Max at Max A Carlin. Follow me at Ben underscore Pfeiffer underscore. And with that, we'll see you all on Friday.